Hey everyone, welcome back to another Tooth and Claw producer prologue. Yeah, that's right. Back by incredibly popular demand. It's me talking about stuff before we get to the episode. Uh, just kidding. This is another one-time thing. Uh, I'm going to get out of the way as quick as possible, I promise. But we wanted to do another quick plug for the Kenya trip that was recently announced. So next year in August, we partnered up with Trova Trips and planned out this trip to Kenya. And I'll put a link in the description of this episode that'll have all the details of this trip. There's going to be a bunch of safari drives. There's going to be this whitewater rafting trip on the Sagana River. All kinds of super cool stuff. So if you want to sign up to get notified when the trip goes live, just visit that link that we put in the description of the episode. We would love to have you there with us. That's it from me. Uh, on to the episode. All right, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tooth and Claw podcast. We got our wildlife bear biologist, Wes Larson. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I just I'm wearing a shark you outfit. Are. You're wearing Looking my spooky hammerhead shark outfit that I gave to you. Yeah. Have you worn that to a party yet? I haven't. It's, I don't go. To do, I, I'm waiting for the invites. It's a real. That's a real crowd pleaser, Jeff. You're gonna like it. I put it on because our producer Mike Smith is wearing a tiger costume. There he is. He looks Tigger, like Hobbs. specifically. It's so freaking hot. If I pass out, have your have yeah. the who is it? The ambulance? Are those the people that come and save me when I'm you guys, dead? You guys can take off your costumes if it if needed. Yeah, I'm talking then. through like a tiny little shark mouth right now. <laughs> yeah. So if my audio's <laughs> bad. Uh, I'm going also, the distance. If we ever wanted shorter episodes, I got an idea I'm experimenting with right now. Okay. I took two laxatives two hours ago. All right. So we'll see how <laughs> the recording goes. Yeah. Um, Podcasting it on. In I'm getting hard mode. I'm getting a colonoscopy tomorrow. Oh, nice, dude. Oh, cool. Which, Congrats. Like, First time? Really? Yeah. I'm and supposed like, to get one of those, It's just so random how it happened, too. I was looking through like old ADHD papers that my mom had sent me and like saw that I had had diarrhea. And I was like, oh, I still kind of have a problem with that. Yeah. So I just like looked up a gastrologist and like called and left a message. And they called me. So today's Tuesday. They called me yesterday and were like, hey, we got your message. Um, so how about you just come in? On Wednesday and get a colonoscopy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, typical. well, I thought he'd try to get to know me a yeah. little first <laughs> you, or something. Buy you dinner you first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just bringing me straight in. Yeah. Well, congrats, yeah. dude. I hope it goes well. Yeah. Thanks. Hopefully yeah. they find some, what are they looking for? Poo in there? They find Polyps. some of that. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is you that think it? that they ever, anyone ever goes into their colonoscopy just fully loaded with poo still? Like, don't sure. follow the directions sure that they given. <laughs> yeah, probably. So wait, did they, did they like, put you under? You're not asleep. You're awake the whole time? They, I think they're going to put me under. I oh, know wow. that they don't have to. Because, like, I don't know. if they, they put well. you under, they, they put the camera up there, and it turns out, like, you did eat all the way leading up to it. They're like, what do they just, like, shake you awake and be like, well... Let's try again next time, I guess. They probably like, don't what? How does shake it work? Him away. They probably just they just let him sleep up. there. Yeah. Huh. Okay. 
Yeah, and charge him. Cool. What do you think? Charge him full price. Clean the poo. What's the other option? <laughs> Suck the poo. Out. I don't. I don't know. Get get Put you out of the office. There. Yeah, maybe they just Dude. give him an enema then. Yeah. Oh, true, huh? You have experience yeah. with that, Wes. I do. Oh, that's a story yeah. you haven't shared. Have you shared I that have one? Shared that story. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Mexico enema. Yeah. Hey, I got another little story to share. We decided where we're going on our trip with everyone. Uh, some of our subscribers already know this, but we wanted to tell everyone else that we are going to be taking a trip to Kenya and we want everyone to join us. So follow us on social media. So excited. Yeah, we can't wait. Follow us on social media, Tooth and Claw Podcast on Instagram, and we're going to be posting updates on there. You can also go to trovatrip.com and just search Tooth and Claw in there and it'll come up. But uh, I think, I think Max, like we can take, 23 people somewhere around there once those spots Mm. are sold they're sold it's gonna be a fun trip we're gonna be camping in kenya we're gonna be traveling all over looking for different wildlife it's gonna be great it's it's one that we picked especially because of the wildlife and because of the adventure aspect so we really want people to come with us we guarantee that you'll see animals (laughs) (laughs) us we'll be there we can guarantee Um, they'll see some antelope some zebra. Uh, honestly, though, there's a really good chance of seeing really great stuff like tiger or not tigers. Pfft, Wes, uh, lions, <laughs> grizzly bears, lions, my tiger leopards, costume. cheetahs, wild dogs, elephants. A lot of that is very possible. So, yeah. um, oh, dude, if I yeah. see a cheetah, that'd be so sick. Yeah, dude. Well, we're gonna do our best. Um, what was it, Jeff? The there's the rock formation that inspired Pride Rock from Lion King. There's like a yeah, there's like bike an ride optional activity that. to go bike ride to uh, the I'm inspiration doing of yeah. Pride Rock. Which is not optional for me. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, if any of our listeners have a... Baby? Like, newborn baby, yeah, yeah. that we could bring out there and just all take a turn holding on the rock. Yeah, I'll get yeah. some berries Michael to Jackson to rub on its forehead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's gonna be a great trip. Uh, the details will be out by the time this by the time this airs. It should be live. So if you're interested in going, maybe hit pause real quick, go to Trova Trip, check it out, see if you want to sign up. We'd love to have you along. All right, well, this is kind of a different episode for us. We wanted to do an extra episode this month. We're trying to produce more and more episodes, and it's gonna kind of be a smorgasbord of a bunch of different stuff. But not long ago, Jeff did a call out asking for listener stories, and a lot of you wrote in, and we got some really great stories. So I think that's going to be one of the first things we do in this episode is read a couple of those stories. And I think we got to come up with a good name for those, like Toothy Tales or something. something like toothy that. Claw Mini Bites. <laughs> hey, as long as you're adopting the Toothy, I'm I'm all okay. for it. Toothy I mean, tales. I think it's been adopted. I don't like. <laughs> I still. Well, yeah. Before we before we do toothy stories, toothy tales. Uh, <laughs> Give me tales. Uh, weren't you going to talk about the grizzly bear? You're right. I was. Boy, I can't even remember. Yeah. Ten minutes ago, when we when we planned this all out, <laughs> we, we just laid it out. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're good though. You've got. I, I got your back. You've got <laughs> butterfingers, but for your brain, butter yeah. brain. Uh, <laughs> we just recently did a news episode, and then right afterward, something very newsworthy happened. Uh, something very tragic, and but something that we got a lot of different emails about, a lot of DMs. A lot of my personal friends asked me about this this incident. 
So we kind of we wanted to talk about it a little bit quicker than Couple waiting for grizzly bears reached out to us. We didn't have any grizzly bears reach out, as far as I know. But we we just wanted to talk about it because it, it is a really tragic one. It's one that I think shocked a lot of people, and it just seems like we didn't really want to wait till the next news episode. So what happened was on 8 p.m. on September 29th, Colin Inglis received an inreach message from his uncle Doug Inglis who was hiking with his longtime partner, Jenny Goose, and I, Goosey, it's G-U-S-S-E, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing this, in the backcountry of Banff National Park. And what an inreach is, is it's like, a, it's like a survival tool where, or like a, I wouldn't even say survival, but you can take them into the backcountry, and if you ever have like an SOS or any kind of big problem, you can sometimes text through them, or you can just hit like the SOS button, and inreach will send help to you. It, you pay a monthly like cost for it, but it's like kind of like a a sale a safeguard if you're in the backcountry, and they must That's have cool. the one that you can text on because Colin got a text and all the text said was bear attack bad, uh, which isn't what you want to get from a family member. So the message was sent to Inreach as well. A search and rescue party was launched. Bad weather prevented a helicopter, so a response team from Parks Canada made the hike in took them about four hours to get in. So by the time they got to this campsite, it was almost 1 a.m. And when they got there, they found two dead bodies of hikers, as well as a grizzly bear that was aggressively charging and defending those bodies. The bear was shot uh, as it charged the response team, and then they had some time to collect some evidence and try and figure out what happened. And I should mention, too, their border collie named Triss was also dead and not far from their bodies. Oh, man. Yeah, really tragic. So a really kind of a thing that has a lot of people scratching their heads on this is that both of these hikers were really experienced in the outdoors, and their campsite reflected that. They had hung their food in a bear bag away from their campsite. It was a bag that was, like, formulated not to let out a lot of odors. Uh, They had a can of bear spray that had been discharged and just kind of seemed like they'd done everything right. They'd spent a lot of time in the Canadian backcountry, they were, oh, so they they sprayed bear spray. Yeah, they like the whole they can. sprayed an entire can of bear spray. Yeah. Another really interesting thing is their boots were found in the tent, and both of the bodies were found without shoes on, just with socks on. So what that would kind of insinuate is that the bear either pulled them out of the tent, or they like had to run out of the tent without their boots on because something happened and they didn't really have time to like get ready. So. The, basically the main thing we learned from that is that they were likely in the tent when whatever happened happened. The bear was a 25 or older year old bear, a single female, fair condition, but she had worn teeth and she was slightly less than average for this time of year when it comes to body fat. So I just want to talk a little bit about this. First of all, I want to say like, this is an an insane tragedy. It sounds like both of these people worked in agriculture research. It sounds like they're re- really well-respected and well-loved among all their colleagues, friends, family. I just think this is like such a, a tragic scenario to have someone that you really trust to go into the backcountry and then have like a completely unpreventable total curveball happen to them. You know, this isn't something you would ever expect. And I do think like the lesson here after I talk about, you know, what could have happened I think the main thing to to realize from this attack is that no matter how well prepared you are, you are taking a risk when you go into a place like the Banff backcountry. 
even if you have bear spray, even if you have a gun, even if you have all of the preparation in the world, bad things can still happen to you. And I do think it's really important that we say that every once in a while on this podcast, because we don't want you guys thinking that just because you're learning all this stuff and you are prepared, that there's like no risk whatsoever. There always is a tiny risk. And um, unfortunately for this couple, they just ran up along the wrong bear. Okay. So really- Was there like evidence that they hit the bear with bear spray? I haven't. Like, can't you like check the fur or something yeah, to see if they haven't, bear spray? They in haven't it? released any of that. And I do think we'll probably get more information as time goes on about what happened. And, and I'm probably going to try and like get that information from some of the people that worked in Banff that responded to this to see if I can just get the official report or something because there's some really big unanswered questions. And I think for now, this is so fresh that even if we had that information, I wouldn't want to talk about it because it's just too fresh for the people that this happened to and, and for their family and stuff. And I don't think we really need to spend a ton of time like breaking it down, but I do, there are a couple things that I want to talk about that are really important. Um, and that people have explicitly asked us about after this happened. So I think there's like essentially a couple different scenarios that could have happened. But to me, the really big unknown is the dog. So there's a paper published in 2019 that I've referenced a few times on the podcast. It was published by a ton of authors, and it's called Brown Bear Attacks on Humans, a Worldwide Perspective. And it looks at brown bear attacks around the world. This is a brown bear, a grizzly bear. And a really interesting part of that paper is it says in 17% of all the attacks they looked at, dogs were involved and that that was the third highest factor when it came to like things that could have triggered the attacks the first was that the bear was surprised the second though it was a female with cubs and the third was dogs so this is a really high risk factor when it comes to grizzly bear attacks is having dogs and i should note there are people out there that hunt brown bears with dogs so some of that data probably comes from them but Mm. The, those dogs do the same thing that your pet dog might do where it might like chase the bear and kind of try and bay the bear up, like get it surrounded. And that just pisses off these bears. So it is possible if I were to guess at what could have happened here, uh, is that the dog may have antagonized this bear in some way, whether the dog was in the tent and barking at it or outside of the tent. And then the bear follows the dog back to the people And because it's already antagonized, it mauls these people. And then because it was still guarding their bodies when the response team arrived, I do wonder if maybe it's like predatory switch got flipped and it decided that it was going to act like a predatory bear after that. So I think that's one possible circumstance. I think the other possible circumstance is that this was just that really rare predatory bear that decided to attack these, these campers. I think it's one of those two things. Sure. What's like, oh, what is that? Almost one in five grizzly bear attacks specifically involve a dog. That's wild. Almost one in five. So would you recommend even if you know someone's going camping out in grizzly bear country, would you recommend maybe just leave their dog behind? I I know that's a hard 100%. Unless your dog is like a trained Carilion bear dog or a dog that's been trained to like chase off a bear, uh, I wouldn't, I would never bring Bryce into a, like a grizzly bear camping scenario, especially a place like this, like the back country of, of Banff where you like, 
you have a good chance of seeing a bear in a place like that. It's not just like, oh, I might see a bear. Like I would say like your chances are pretty good. It just introduces a really, an unknown variable. Like you can't necessarily control your dog. And if your dog hasn't been around bears, you're not totally sure how your dog's going to respond to a bear. And it just really complicates the whole scenario. So I personally, if you're in grizzly bear country, I wouldn't bring your dog. I think they can really help with black bears. I think unless it's trained with a grizzly, I, I would just leave it at home. The other, I think the other factor here that we can talk about really briefly is the fact that it was fall. Bears are more active in fall. They are like quickly trying to put on as much weight as they can. So it is a time when people bump into them a little bit more and when bears can kind of be on edge too. So like Timothy Treadwell was killed in fall. And it's kind of a similar thing where he, you know, who knows what happened, but they found him and his girlfriend dead in their campsite. So it is a more risky time to be around bears. The dog theory makes sense with the hiking boots too, just where like if your dog's going crazy, you just run out of the tent right. type of thing. Right. And who knows if they slept with their dog in their tent or not. But I will sure. say like just to put a kind of a cap on this, again, like super tragic. I can't imagine what their families must be going through. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's beautiful that they got to live. It sounds like they lived just incredible lives and you know, they, they were in a place that they just loved and was so beautiful when they, when they did, you know, meet their end. But, um, I do think these, these people did a lot of things, right? It sounded like they're really experienced. I don't want to like point any kind of fingers at them. Cause it just seems like this was a really unfortunate circumstance. So sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I feel out of place wearing a shark. Costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably won't release the video on that part of the story yeah let's we'll put a black enough. box over your camera <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well let's move on to some more fun things and let's get to those listener stories tooth and claw is sponsored by element which i'm drinking right now as we're talking it's no secret at this point that i absolutely love element i drink it multiple times a day uh, I have a really nice little like Yeti bottle that just mixes it up perfectly. I think it's tasty. It doesn't sound like you're drinking it. I am. Well, I'm not drinking it right now. Try to now, talk with it talk. in your mouth. Okay. Well, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. It's all over me now. I love Element so much, it's all over my lap. No, truly though, like... I'm a person that forgets to drink enough water. I'm a person that forgets to stay hydrated. I don't know how many times I've told Jesse I have a headache and she says, have you been drinking enough water? And I always haven't, like almost every single time. And so that's why I really like Element because it helps me replenish my electrolytes. It helps me stay hydrated. It has a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. So it's really got everything I need to stay hydrated and have the electrolyte ratio that I need. But honestly, for me, the most important thing when it comes to anything like this is the taste. And I've become addicted to the taste of Element. I love the raspberry and watermelon, especially. Those two flavors are my absolute favorites. It's like almost so salty that it's sweet, if that makes sense. I just like love the way this stuff tastes. So I can't recommend it enough. It makes me feel great. It gets rid of my headaches. I feel like I have more energy and it tastes great. So right now, Element is offering a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. 
It's a great way to try all eight flavors or to share Element with a salty friend. So get yours at drinkelement.com backslash tooth. The deal's only available through our link. It's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com backslash tooth. Thanks, Element, for sponsoring this episode. All right. Who wants to go all first right. on these stories? Yeah, so I think let's start out with Mike. Oh, I want to go. This is the maiden voyage of Toothy Tales, and we got an awesome... This story is so good. So this is from Katie, and I'm going to... uh, I'm just going to do a last name withheld kind of thing. It wasn't specifically requested, but you'll you'll probably... Yeah, go for it. Uh, Katie Johnson. That's That's what I was going to say. Statistically, that's a good (laughs) guess. Uh, No, you're wrong. But you'll, you'll figure out which Katie... If you're out there, Katie, listening, you'll know this was your story. That it's you. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think this has happened to more than one, Katie. Uh, Okay. From Katie. I had to email you guys. This is a direct email from Katie telling her story. Wait, who Uh, sent this story? Mrs. Johnson. I had to email you guys to tell you my given story. Back in 2019, my partner and I traveled to Thailand and decided on a whim to rent a motorbike and travel around the north. And it was absolutely incredible. On one trip, we were a decent way into a long stretch of riding, and the landscape was rapidly changing into dense jungle. We got excited to go out and explore. We saw a sign for Sousa Falls and thought a waterfall would make a cool pit stop, so we started following those signs. Would be a good stop. Waterfall. Always a good stop. Always worth it. Especially if you're in that movie, A Quiet Place. Why would you Uh, ever leave the waterfall, you know? Live by the waterfall. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You'd be safe in that movie. Well, we'll see how safe they are from these gibbons. Oh, wow. I'm, lo- I'm looking at this waterfall. It is gorgeous. Great <laughs> It's stop. really pretty. Yeah. Oh, wow. That seems like a destination more than a pit stop. I wonder yeah. where they're going. Yeah. The road quickly grew crazy. I had to hop off and run alongside the bike because it was too steep to carry the both of us. And we ended up having to ford a few creeks. It was clear that the road was not being maintained. And after a while and a lot of contemplation about turning back, we came across an old cable footbridge. The bridge and the info sign were both covered in vines, and the planks were rotting out, obviously in disrepair. But we thought it looked cool and wanted to see what was on the other side, so we parked the bike and shimmied along the cables over a low, rocky stream. Wow, nice. When Sounds like a movie. I know. What, uh, Temple of Doom, maybe? Is that, yeah, there's sure. a rope bridge or at the, the end. Or Fast and the Furious, where they drive their <laughs> car across one. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't think of Fast and the Furious before Indiana Jones. <laughs> When we were about three-fourths of the way across, some gibbons peeked out of the trees ahead of us, and we were super excited to see these amazing creatures. They swung out onto the bridge and walked along the top like a balance beam. But they started coming closer, and I started getting nervous. Wait, can, can I pause you one more time? Go for it. Can we explain for everyone what like a gibbon is and how big oh, they are? Because yeah, that's I don't a good think idea. that's like, super common I can, animal. Yeah, I can talk about it a little bit. So gibbons well, are... It's common, but it's not common knowledge, I guess I'm saying. Yeah, they're one of the few apes. So there's like when we're talking about monkeys and apes, there's different groups, and gibbons are apes. Um, I think they're like considered lesser apes, though. But they are, uh, they look like just a really big monkey with like a black face and then generally lighter fur around it. Although there's black gibbons too. And they're the ones that are typically like some of the best acrobats of any primate. Like you'll see him mm. just like swinging around and doing all sorts of like really cool flips and stuff. And also like 
A good also think Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. Crystal Skull. A good reference. If you ever <laughs> see like a monkey running around with its arms up in the air and it's like wrists kind of bent down, like its hands oh, yeah. are hanging down, that's almost always a gibbon. That's like a classic gibbon pose. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, they're just really neat. So if you don't really know what a gibbon is, look them up and you'll so recognize that's like them. The kung fu panda. The kung fu panda monkey is a gibbon. Exactly. Yep. Gibbons okay. weigh like 12 to 17 pounds. Okay. There you go. Okay, back to the story. We were about three quarters of the way across the bridge when some gibbons peeked out of the trees ahead of us, and we were super excited to see these amazing creatures. They swung out onto the bridge and walked along the top like a balance beam, but they started coming closer, and I started getting nervous. Pretty soon, they were swinging and jumping right in front of us, so I slowly put my phone away and started cautiously backing away. All of a sudden, one of them suddenly leapt directly onto my head and started scrambling around while I screamed. I knew I couldn't run because the bridge planks weren't stable, and the fall would certainly have meant at least a broken leg and maybe worse. (laughs) This part's great. Jeez. My partner picked up a rotted plank off of the bridge and started swinging at the gibbon. And in parentheses, parentheses, Katie says, of course, it jumped away, and I ended up being the one who got battered by the plank. Oh, jeez. No way. So, <laughs> not funny. Kind of funny, but in the moment, I'm sure not funny. It just seems like something right out of like a comedy a movie. movie or something. Yeah. This is all a movie. Yeah. So, we somehow got them off of us, but they continued to follow us. And when we finally made it back to our bike, I picked up two bamboo poles and held them out so I seemed big and kept yelling like a maniac while we rode away. They followed for a little while, but eventually gave up the chase. After our escape, we gathered ourselves and were able to see that I hadn't been severely injured, but we did notice scratch and some puncture marks on the shoulder of my jacket. This being a potential exposure to rabies, we knew that this meant we had to get to a hospital. It took a couple of hours to drive to a city that had one, but we discovered that the hospital experience in Thailand is very different from the U.S. It was cheap and it was efficient. I told the doctor our story Hmm. through some language barriers, and his response was, get this, quote, Sousa Falls? Was it a black gibbon that jumped (laughs) on you? And it had two brown followers with it. Yeah, that one got my sister too, end quote. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So apparently this gibbon was like, it was a known menace. Yeah. Um, I wonder what they're protecting back there. Yeah, maybe Mm, young. Crystal skulls. Yeah, could, could be crystal I'm guessing skulls. it's like a treasure of some type. It's probably treasure, but who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah this is fascinating because I they're not an animal that's like known to attack people. Um, I think there's been some that have like escaped from zoos that have that have attacked people, but not in the wild. So it's pretty fascinating. I think what Jeff just kind of hinted at, even like jokingly it was probably that they're just trying to push them away from something like they're probably escorting them out of there because there's either a food resource or young that they didn't want them around. And as soon as they are far enough away, they're done, but it's not like they were attacking sure. them to try and like feed on them or something like that. Well, they come up with a theory here. So okay. apparently enough people go through there that the Gibbons probably know that people have food. Ooh, and as I was on the one on the back of the motorcycle, Katie was the one that was wearing the backpack, making her the target. Okay, that makes total sense. Yeah. Maybe. That's that's what they guess. And especially since it had happened to a few other people, apparently. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good, it. They've probably been fed. Good theory. So the hospital got me started on a series of five vaccines for rabies exposure. We had to alter our vacation a bit to get me to hospitals, but again, they all ended up being very efficient and cheap. In one case, we had to kayak to a nearby town to get me my shot, which was another fun Jeez. adventure. 
Four visits and four shots cost me about $60 U.S. total. Wow. How much is are the rabies treatment like in the 10, U.S. Like I think you're yeah. looking about ten grand. <laughs> yeah. So we were back in the U.S. for the last rabies shot where I, I paid... Go to Thailand for a cold <laughs> colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were back in the U.S. for the last shot where I paid $300 out of pocket and they charged my insurance $2,500. So... <laughs> Wow. Uh, oh, okay. The first four shots cost sixty dollars. The last one shot cost three hundred out of pocket plus twenty five hundred from insurance. <laughs> That's crazy. so go Thailand healthcare. Katie yeah. says, "Wow, I would love to know what you guys would do if I should have done anything differently, and whether I may have been in more danger than I knew and got out lucky." I don't. I don't. It seems like the dangerous parts just being on that bridge like yeah. that's like it kind of reminds me of that first uh african honeybee episode we did where they were like stuck on the cliff mm-hmm. oh yeah like just like such a bad spot to get attacked by something is like some creaky old totally exposed bridge. yeah i don't think they did anything wrong i i think like if it were me in that situation i think i would just kind of hang out until i figure out what they want and I wouldn't feed them. So if that's what they're looking for, then they're probably just going to like pester you for a while. I don't think I would panic until they start like trying to bite or scratch. Cause you really like you, like Katie knows you don't want to get scratched or bitten by a monkey in another country. Although I guess for, for Katie, it was like not that bad of a recovery from that, but it just complicates your life. So I would really want to avoid that. But I don't know. I think I would probably just be pretty thrilled that I get to see a gibbon so close. I love gibbons. I think they're amazing. Katie, like on your head? Yeah. I had a that close. I had a like a a Formosan. As close as they get. A Formosan macaque sit on my head in Taiwan. And it was kind Uh of like, I was just like, okay, well, I hope he doesn't bite me. So (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. They did send some really cool photos and a, a really awesome video of the gibbons getting really close Ooh, um, I, I don't know if those. they want us to share her, but yeah it was maybe we can clip in some awesome audio story if they're hooting because gibbons hoots are really cool well that's a great story that was yeah. i loved it katie johnson thanks katie katie J. well i have a quick one oh, uh quickie. from aaron in australia and i just kind of skipped the start stuff so i'm going to get right into it here um KK and I and our friend Meg were backpacking around Australia in 2008 when we inevitably traveled to Kagari to enjoy the beauty of the island. Is that how you say it, Wes? Yeah, Kagari. It, the okay. old, like the, the Dingo European island, right? name is Fraser Island, but Kagari yes. is. Oh, the, no spoilers, yeah. Mike. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> we were camping one night near the water and enjoying wine, a fire, and getting to know everyone on the incursion. When my twin sister told me she needed to go to the bathroom and asked if I'd go with her. We walked away from the campsite to find a private spot for her to go. And as she squatted down to go, I moved the flashlight all around the area to check it out. And there was nothing there. When I brought back the light near her, suddenly there was a dingo about three feet behind her sneaking up. I screamed and jumped and did the most shameful thing ever. I ran away with the light and left her there with her pants down. It all ended up okay, but I still can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry, KK. I hope you can forgive me. That's pretty Um, funny. And then they just say, 
love your podcast, especially love your shout out to the LGBTQ community, specifically trans community on the last episode. Love you guys even more knowing your ally. Yes. Thank you. Um, I think when you just said that, you said LGBTQ. There's a T in there. LGBT. But he did say LGBT. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then she specifically said the <laughs> yeah. trans community. Yeah. You got to sure include yeah. that yeah. T. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Miracle Made. Did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? Jeff, you're intimately familiar <laughs> with toilet seats. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> so that sure. can lead to acne, allergies, and stuffy noses. Plus, it's just gross. Miracle Made offers a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding such as sheets, pillowcases, and comforters that prevent 99% of bacteria and require three times less laundry. Using silver-infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. So you don't even you don't even have to put the silver in there yourself. They do it for you. Did you know that was a thing? I'm so tired of putting silver in my bed sheets. I didn't. I didn't know that was a thing. I've always wanted to like sleep on a bed of money, so maybe that. Yeah. Oh yeah, do it. Yeah, good call. The silver infusion also prevents up to ninety nine point seven percent of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. So no more toilet seat sheets. Miracle sheets are super comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Go to miracle.com tooth to try Miracle-Made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo tooth at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com tooth and use the code tooth to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com tooth to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. All right, I'm up. I will tell a story. This story was titled, It Bit My Face, which is a great title. Uh, and the person that sent us this story would like to be called by their nickname, which is Sharkbait. Great nickname. Sharkbait says they're a longtime listener and long and lifelong animal lover. Back in 2014, I bought a house in what I believed to be the perfect neighborhood. It was nestled up against a large pine forest reserve in my city with the promise of living with nature. Boy, was that a kept promise. The day before I closed on the house, my new human neighbor recorded a large Florida black bear investigating my back patio door, which was super cool. Within the first month, I encountered the following, an eight-foot alligator, coyote, bobcat, trash pandas, raccoons, tons of native birds, all good things. Then came the snakes. In my opinion, also good things, but we'll see what they say about the snakes. I'm glad they uh, think yeah. alligator is a good thing, too. Yeah, that's true. Warms- Warms the cockles of my heart. Yeah. Man, it's hard to keep those cockles warm, too. <laughs> Trust me. Boy, if there's Ugh. a part of your heart that's hard to keep warm, it's Just put cockles. on this stupid tiger costume. They'll be yeah. freaking burning. <laughs> uh, there's a natural brook that ran behind my house just off the property line that, in retrospect, was a great spot for cottonmouth snakes. The water was only 15 feet away from a fantastic spot of unobstructive sunlight to warm up. Perfection. After noticing the first snake, my eyes were trained to spot them, 
and one turned to three to four a day, if not more. And they say, I didn't oh, know wow. cottonmouths were so social. However, this story has nothing to do with bears. Sorry, Wes. Raccoons, alligators, sorry, Mike, or oh. venomous snakes. To the point. I was sleeping peacefully, probably dreaming about finding an intact hemiparetus serratooth. Don't know what that is. When a new sensation entered my dream, my brain quickly said, hey, remembering that conversation with your brother's best friend about the very unique grabbing an electric fence pain from a scorpion sting when he was camping. And the brain says, that is happening now. I jumped up to a (laughs) semi-sitting position in bed. The pain then happened again on my upper arm and then again on my lower arm. I jumped completely out of bed while simultaneously yelling scorpion. My then partner, having rudely been woken up by a crazy person, also jumped out of bed. He flipped on the light and said, a what? A what? (laughs) A what? I was at this point holding the side of my face with my stung arm and my stung arm with my non-stung arm. I repeated, a scorpion just stung my face and my right arm. He didn't believe me, but proceeded to turn back the blanket, revealing a 1.5-inch scorpion still making use of my pillow. He was never the bug catcher or the bug smusher or knower of animal things in our house. He rapidly fired, what is that? Is it deadly? Are there more? You need to kill it. (laughs) Turns out it was a Florida bark scorpion. She did say my then partner, so I think, you know, she left this dude, which sounds like the right choice. Understandable. Uh, Turns out (laughs) as... We don't know who left who. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Uh, Turns out as a Florida bark scorpion, an infestation of them. Again, after seeing one, I kept seeing them everywhere. In the scorpion's defense, I probably built that house on what was originally their home. The sting was extremely painful, but luckily for me, our bark scorpions are not as deadly as the South American version. And now I have a scorpion stung my face story, which is kind of unique. I slept with the lights on, like that would protect me, lol, for over a week. I sold that house after a few unsuccessful months of trying to evict the arachnids, since it turns out encouraging scorpions to move out is very hard, and I had three very young children to think about. Anyway, that's my story. No one died or even bled, but damn, that is the top five most painful events of my life. If this makes the podcast, thanks for sharing my story. Also, Jeff, my little brother's a G-off, so much like Wes, you are currently my second favorite Jeff. G-off. Lol. I know much you, like say Wes. Them, you say them, Jeff. Her little brother's a Jeff. Geoff. But she said much like Wes. Right, because my little brother's a Jeff. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Got yeah. that? All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Geoff's a... Just write that's it down. A, Jeff superior. with an asterisk. Way. Oh, it's superior? <laughs> Spell Jeff. All right. Yeah. That's a fancy Jeff. They're better than us. <laughs> um, so I don't know a ton about bark scorpions. We are going to do a scorpion episode at some point. I do know that in Utah, where I've encountered most of my scorpions, bark scorpions, the Arizona bark scorpion, is the one that you need to be careful of. So I think in general, bark scorpions are the the more dangerous scorpion. They're typically small and yellow and kind of orangish yellow. And, and they bark. They bark. That they, you know, they let you know that they're gonna sting you by barking. No, they they are found in like leaf litter and under things and under bark, and that's how they got the name. But uh, under rocks. But uh, yeah, we'll talk more about them. But I think a general rule with scorpions, something to think about. The smaller they get and the yellower they get, often the more dangerous they are. So Mm. that's just something to think about. If you see one of those really big black emperor scorpions, like they drop in the boo box and hook, 
uh-huh. go ahead and pick mm-hmm. it up. Those ones, yeah. it's like a bee sting, I, f- I hear, when you get stung by those. But a bark wow. scorpion, it can be pretty intense. So so if you saw a scorpion that was like the size of a car, you can just like mount it up and ride it. You don't have to worry. Yeah, you could just- Like the yeah, bigger they get, fine. the safer. No, I think there's a limit to that rule. <laughs> I was surprised though, as I was doing the spider episode last week, I was looking at like worldwide statistics for people that have been killed by different small animals. And scorpions kill more people than spiders do, which was fascinating to me. I didn't, I never thought that oh, would have wow. been the case. So we, hmm. we will look into that at that some is point. Surprising. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, what? There's that movie with The Rock where they, oh no, they don't kill him though. He turns into a big one. A that's what kid. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To fight mummies and stuff. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. All right. I got two little stories here. Okay. All right. So this one's from Claire. A quick story about the trip. Or, and like on a mine, I skipped this, <laughs> the first part of a mosque. Yeah. Context. But no one a likes quick the story first about part the trip. Story. <laughs> Our group flew to Zanzibar for a couple of days, during which one of my classmates was celebrating her 21st birthday and got, as you might guess, absolutely wasted at dinner. Did you guys guess that? Yeah, that's what I would have guessed. 21st, 21st birthday. birthday. Yeah. yeah. Sure. While walking to the beach afterwards, she stepped on a couple of sea urchins. Ooh, Look that's up not fun. Diedema stetsum. Okay. Look that up. All right. Okay. They I got. <laughs> figure out how to spell that. Yeah. Uh, they've got some nasty looking spines, but luckily are only slightly venomous. We called over one of the Maasai, the indigenous groups in Tanzania, men roaming the beach to help. He procured a papaya and rubbed the girl's feet with it, which I don't think any of us was expecting to happen. I looked it up when I got home, and it turns out that papaya juice can be used on sea urchin puncture wounds to digest any bacteria and neutralize the toxins. Interesting. So if you ever step on a sea urchin, now you know what to do. And fortunately, no one has to pee on anyone. No. Fortunately, or unfortunately, or unfortunately, depending yeah. on how you look at it. Yeah, <laughs> For, yeah it depends who you are, I guess. <laughs> What's the worst thing you guys have ever stepped on? A sea urchin. You stepped on one? Yeah. It's awful. Does it suck? Yeah. And a piece <laughs> of its spine broke off in my foot and just hurt for like, honestly, like oh, wow. a couple of years afterward. Yeah. Did you have to pee on it? I I didn't have to, years. but I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> you did pee on it? Uh, I think I actually did pee on it. Yeah. But it didn't help at all. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I had a, papaya. an urchin spine snap off. Like, you know, I hesitate to even put this image in your brain, but like when something slips under your fingernail and breaks off, yeah. Yeah. that happened to me with a sea urchin spine oh. when I was in the Caymans oh, wow. and it was the worst. My mom had to like, in, like cut it out toenail? of my... No, it was my finger. I like put my hand oh. down onto the. Ugh. It was bad. So you stepped on it with your hand. Handstand. I was doing a handstand walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a great answer. Probably just like a little piece of glass. Remember, once someone wrote Sorry us and about told that. us they had been attacked by a sea urchin, it's <laughs> <was> like, no, <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, like you attacked. Yeah. You attacked it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, like the reports were like deer kill the most Americans for every animal or something. And it's like, yeah, you count us running right. them over Hitting in a car and the crashes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I got one more quick one here. Okay. This is from Zach. 
I was packing my backpack and I noticed my upper left thigh was extremely itchy. When I scratched the region, there was a quick, sharp pain. I've been getting bruised up and scratched up during the season, so I figured I was just accidentally ripped off a scab. During the survey, my... So, like, I skipped ahead a little again. During the survey, my thigh became insanely itchy again, and I knew something was probably wrong. It was time to drop trousers in the middle of the forest and examine my leg. Right there, in all of its glory, was a tick feasting on my blood. It didn't appear to be moving, and the legs were shriveled up and curled in, so I thought maybe my scratching from earlier may have killed it. I immediately hiked back to the truck and drove to the nearest store to get tweezers. I went into the bathroom of the store, which had about three or four people in it, and headed for a stall. Once the tweezers were on the tick, I started to pull, and as I did, the legs started kicking. I can only imagine what other people in the bathroom were thinking when I said, Oh, it's alive. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from Zach. Yeah, that's funny. So that one I just wanted to read because it reminded me of Wes's. What, what's it called? When you enema. gave yourself a the enema, enema in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we and referenced then, that twice this episode. I wanted to shout out one other guy. I'm not going to read his whole story, but I wanted your perspective on just me summarizing it, Wes. Okay. So Joel wrote us, and he's a landscaper um, close to Durango, Colorado. Okay. And he was, he was like doing landscaping, and there's an apple tree, and there's like a big pile of apples. Uh-huh. And a small black bear walked up to the pile of apples. This bear is probably like... 70 or 80 pounds he said 80 i think the pictures look pretty small though and so then he decided to like act intimidating towards it and start like hitting a pan or he was like hitting something together trying to like scare the bear off like walking towards it Mm -hmm. and this bear bluff charged him but it was like a 25 yard bluff charge so like really came at him aggressively right so he was wondering like if he did the right thing by trying to like get this bear out of there like that yeah and what would have happened if the bear like went for him could he take it he he didn't do anything wrong that's what i would do too i would just like try and scare it off and then if it bluff charged me i would probably realize that i would need to up up like up the ante a little bit with that bear if I could get in a vehicle then, I would probably get in a vehicle and just push it off with the vehicle, like honking the horn and yelling at it. Or I would like get something louder and a little bit more intense to get it away. But he didn't do anything wrong, and that bear's not going to make contact with him. Like, it's just not. That's a bear that's food conditioned, trying to get at something. Or not. I don't even know if you can say food conditioned if it's apples because it's somewhat natural food. But... uh it's just trying to protect a, a new resource that it's found that it's excited about. So it doesn't want to leave. That bear wants to eat apples, you know? It, mm. And so it's probably testing him to see, like, how bad does this thing actually want me to leave? And then if it can, like, kind of assert some dominance there, then it gets to stay there and eat its apples. If it doesn't, then it has to leave. So he still could have control of that situation if he wants to keep it. Again, with black bears, the ones that you have to be afraid about are the ones that are quietly following you, stalking you, that are exhibiting predatory behavior. So next time, just be a little bit more aggressive and and that bear will leave. All right. Yep. Well, 
that's all we have for toothy stories. Toothy uh, tales. tales. Come on, got man. A, toothy <laughs> tales. I think we got to move on because Mike's so hot in his tiger costume. I'm die, yeah, man. I'm but if you die. guys, if you're listening and you have a story come to mind that you want to send to us, it's tooth and claw mailbag at gmail.com. That's where we collect these stories for this episode uh, for toothy tales. And yeah, so send them in. And then also, just really quick, I, and the email says Jeff Larson, but we got we got our mom Cindy reading them all, and yeah, kind of filtering them for us first yeah. too. Yeah, so yeah, send us send us more. And, and we have noticed that we've gotten a lot of emails on our normal email from people too. So if you have a story for us, send it to this mailbag address. And also, if you've sent us something on the other email address, like. Just know that. Send it again to this one. We all, I just mean anything at all, like oh, a sure. comment, whatever. <laughs> it's hard for us to get to everything. It's just the three of us and sometimes our mom. So, or mine and Jeff's mom, maybe Mike's mom too. You never know. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, just, just realize that we're doing our best to keep up with stuff, but sometimes it's really hard. So thanks for sending in the stories though. Yeah. Was, they're really great. Tooth and Claws brought to you by Rocket Money. I used Rocket Money and there was a few different subscriptions that I had no idea I subscribed to. Saved me a lot of money. The other thing about it is I get super frustrated with how difficult it can be to unsubscribe from something. Like some of these companies are really tricky with it. With Rocket Money, it made it super simple. I unsubscribed from all these different subscriptions I wasn't using, and I used that subscription money to subscribe to my favorite Patreon of a wild animal attack story podcast. Nice. Good usage. usage. (laughs) Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Few listeners have reached out to me directly and told me that they've used Rocket Money and every single one of them has saved money using it. Wow. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash claw. That's rocketmoney.com dot com slash claw rocketmoney.com slash claw i love how our ad reads always have like a really cool code like it's always tooth <laughs> or claw yeah we got Sounds good badass ones. yeah mm. tooth and claws brought to you by ag1 i love ag1 i gave it a try because i'm kind of lazy with just taking care of my health and especially what I eat. I eat a lot of fast food. Um, I love pizza and I just kind of knew that I wasn't getting all the nutrients I needed. AG1 makes it super easy. It's a really tasty drink mix that you have every single morning. I love it. I love it for especially where I don't really eat a big breakfast. It kind of still gives me something to be able to get going and um does it have any adaptogens in it <laughs> and it has adaptogens oh. which can help you with oh, you want stress and sleep yeah <laughs> just you wait <laughs> yeah i was gonna i was gonna get to it thanks for bringing that up so if you want adaptogens 
And if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D, five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to ag1.com slash tooth. Tooth is all caps. That's drinkag1.com slash tooth. Check it out. I I will will say, the other day, one of Jesse's friends asked if she could have some of my AG1, and I was like, Mm. oh, absolutely not. (laughs) I love my AG1. I'm keeping it. Yeah. Well, especially with winter coming, that vitamin D will come in handy, too. Yeah, dude. Less sun. True. need that vitamin D. All right, let's move into categories. Sounds perfect. All right, well, we are smack dab in the middle of our spooky October. So I put together a few categories, and they have a spooky flair to them. I'm sorry, guys. I can't think of anything else. That's fine. I just can't. Before we do anything, I just want to give a special shout out to Jeff for fully committing to this shark costume. He's been holding it up manually this whole time. I took multiple screenshots of Jeff trying to read an AG1 ad while holding his shark face open. We'll definitely have to post one of those. Such commitment to the bit. I appreciate it. Yeah. It is great. All right. Thanks for recognizing it. Especially like I... I'm on laxatives right now, so I'm not very comfortable at all. You don't look very comfortable at all. (laughs) Okay, so our first cat. I have to take off this whole freaking suit just to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's not an easy suit to. You have to take it off to go to the the colonoscopizers, too. I should wear this tomorrow. Does it have a a butt flap they can just go in through? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. Lift it up. All right. So my first category that I wanted to ask you guys, because again, I'm I'm like in the middle of horror movie madness. You love horror movies. Yeah. What's your best scary movie you've watched since last time we talked? I'll go mm. first. Uh, best Company was watching. Well, first it was watching Jeff's answer with all three of you, or maybe not oh, your the, answer. Uh, Haunted Mansion in the cabin. Oh, that was yeah. fun. And oh then me gosh. and Mike saw Saw X the next day together, which was also really fun. Or maybe mm. that was on Saturday. That was on Saturday. Um, but my answer is going to be Midnight Mass, which is technically a TV show. I think even on this podcast, I said that I didn't like Midnight Mass. I'm rewatching it because I just it just feels like a show I should like. It has like all these religious undertones. It has vampires, really good acting. I'm really enjoying it this time around. I'm having a really fun time. I like Mike Flanagan. This was good. I I will say I hated the the one he did last year, Midnight Club. There's nothing that's ever going to like redeem that one for me. But N- Midnight Mass is really good. I do wish there was fewer monologues in it. But aside from that, I'm really enjoying it. So that's my answer, Midnight Mass. I like that you like it now because I, I went into it blind. I didn't know anything about it, and I just had the best time. So oh, I man. think I was expecting you. the monologues this time pod. around because uh, I was yeah. expecting them. I was okay with them. But last time I was just like, man, this whole episode is just one big long monologue. Uh, mine is event horizon. Ooh, that's a good movie. It's a dark. I, one. It's kind of for me, at least I think it's prime Lawrence Sam Fishburne. Neal. Oh, okay. Oh, Sam mm. Neill too. But just like the set designs are so awesome. The suspense and the tension is amazing, especially near the end of the film. I know it's maybe more like a, uh, it's a horror, but it's like sci- it's sci-fi horror. thriller horror. It's awesome. I I really, really love that movie. So sci-fi go horror is an underrated, theaters now. <laughs> underrated genre. 
I love it. Uh, yeah, it's probably my favorite type. Cool. Yeah, like Alien. Yeah, yeah. Alien, the thing. Jurassic mm. Park. I'm going to go with Haunted Mansion. Oh, okay. But it's not my favorite. It's just a movie I saw. All right. Uh, oh. it, I actually want to just talk about how much I disliked it. Do it. Speak for all of us. So I think that maybe us being together made me like it more. Or I don't know what. Because we had to quit like 40 minutes before it ended or 30 minutes or something. I just finished like the last part of it because it's a smash bet. So I had to. And the end was so incredibly bad. <laughs> and like I've never seen something where it's just like actors didn't even know the plot or what they were doing and they just add CGI in later. Yeah. Like there's like there's a literal quote that I sent Mike yesterday <laughs> where he's like there's like all these ghosts dancing around the dinner table at the very end. And the main actor, I forget his name. What's his name? Like Keith Stanfield. Yeah. He just kind of like looks over his shoulder and he's like, oh, look at that. Wow. Look at and that. Like you, <laughs> you can just tell he has like no idea what oh, like yeah. is even supposed to be happening. And it's just so much CG. I hated it. So that's my favorite movie, horror movie I've seen in the last week. <laughs> I have <laughs> just come to hate movies where like they're not even in the actual location like where even the like area that they're in is complete CG, you know, and it's just yeah. like they just make whole movies now where people are just standing in front of green screens pretending to react to shit. I hate it. There's this scene with like the little boy. He's like being haunted or something. And the main ghost is trying to get him to like give him his soul or whatever. And like talking to him as his deceased father. Uh-huh. And then the main character comes in. The main guy. I, I forgot his name. I'm getting already. Yeah. Lakeith. Uh-huh. How do you say it? Lakeith. Lakeith. Yeah. Okay. So Lakeith comes and just like starts talking to the kid and the ghost would wait until he's done to like say something else. And they were just like, it's like, just like interrupt him at least. Like what are, what's going on here? It's yeah. just like a, yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Dumb. He might be the All bad right. guy, but he's got good manners. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next question is, your favorite animal associated with Halloween or with the supernatural? Uh, I like black, black cats. Cat. Oh, okay. let's, let's do it. So do it. Our, our first family cat was a black cat named Binky. It was like, a, what do you call it when they're like, I know this is not a good practice. We were not aware back when we first got her. They're like bred to be smaller. Like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, probably not like ethical. A toy cat. Yeah. If I had to guess. But I mean, it wasn't like she was tiny, but we named her Binky and she was like this really mean, aggressive black cat. And I just thought that was like perfect personality for a black cat to go around terrorizing its family. Well, I have a black cat and he's a little sweetheart. So I also picked black cats. He's a little bit of a rascal. Toad's got a tuxedo. He is a little rascal and sometimes he cries a little bit more than I would like. But boy, that cat is affectionate. Like every night he just wants mm. to like cuddle. I love Toad. And I just absolutely love him to death. So I'm picking black cats as well. I'm going to go with owls. Oh, I like that. Uh, just a big fan of owls. Ooh. They turn their head. I like Ooh. that. <laughs> they can turn their head 720 Ooh. degrees. <laughs> 720. 720. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like that <laughs> snowboarding <laughs> trick. They can lick to the yeah. center of a Tootsie Pop. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. Yeah, answers. with their tongue out, just like a turnstile, just licking it, their heads can swiveling you, around. He, can you see anything if you give right a now? Hoot, Jeff? Don't pollute. Huh? Can you see anything right now? <laughs> nah. Okay. <laughs> Got shark teeth in front of your face. Okay. We're gonna do how old, in your guys' opinion, how old is too old to trick or treat? Me and Jesse um, got in a discussion about this the other day. How old do you think is too old to trick or treat? I did it in college because there was a Chinese uh, student who, like, I was just trying to get him to have fun while he was in Utah, you know? Okay. And he really wanted to trick or treat. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> and we all went out, and every house was like, you guys are a little old for this, aren't you? So that's and too we old. And we were just like, yep. Yeah, that was too old, so oh. it was fun. <laughs> okay. I, I think my say, last year was sixth grade, and I feel like that's about right. Oh, that's too young in my opinion. But okay. I would say like 14 is when you should start like going to parties or something. So a okay, couple so years. So I'm freshman year of high school? Yeah, I think if like you're once, in high school, you can't. Once you're in high school, you probably shouldn't trick-or-treat anymore, unless you're like yeah. escorting kids to trick-or-treat. I'm with Mike. Like once you're in middle school, don't trick-or-treat. Wow, I totally think middle school Unless you have like young siblings. Huh. I We trick-or-treated through middle school, Jeff. And everyone got mad at no, us. No, I think that's fine. <laughs> no. I, Jesse's, Jesse trick-or-treated through high school. And she oh, like, wow. yeah, all okay. her friends did too. Maybe they didn't have enough. Goose and ghosts and ghouls to scare them while they're ghosts. I said goose yeah. first to scare them while they're out. Well, like especially when you can get a job and buy candy. You're yeah, like you don't need the money, the candy anymore. Yeah, but it's yeah. just yeah. fun. I don't know. If All you right. can pull it off, go for it. If you're like, you know, you have good genes, you look young, go for it. If you have a beard and you're in middle school, ooh. Yeah. I, I will say there's don't. like a couple, a couple just incorporated into your costume. Like when you're a kid, there's a few things that just give you more happiness and joy that I think I've ever felt in my adult life. One of them is like the bell ringing on the last day of school before summer break. I just like that is a happiness that I have been chasing ever since. And I think another one is coming home with just a pillowcase full of candy after trick or treating. And sure. just like and pouring it out on the ground. Older. Yeah. Did you sort it out into like the different categories and stuff? Yeah. And just yeah, like I eating yourself that. sick that first night and still having just pounds of candy to go. It's just such a pure good feeling. So if you're sure. a parent out there, don't That's take your argument. don't take your kids' candy and give it away or anything. There's parents that mm, do that. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Make yeah. All right. Okay. Connected to that question, give me your top six treats you would want while you're trick-or-treating. And if we each do six, uh, that'll be 666, which is also ooh, spooky. Number of the beast. Yeah. I'll go Reese's, Twix, Butterfinger, the little Skittle Packs, Starburst, and like a little, those like tiny packs of like Twizzler. I would have really? thought that Starburst would have been number one on your, your list, but... I just have strong opinions about which flavors or Starbursts are the best, yeah. but they're not my favorite candy. Okay. Mm, okay. I'm going to, and this is from mine is like trick or treat specific. These aren't necessarily so my, my favorite candies, but I'm going to give you a reason why for my list real quick. Number six, I'm going to say runts, the little package of runts that you would get sometimes. Love runts. Don't want a full size package of them. I just want a small package, a couple bananas in there. My favorite runt. Bananas are the best. Keep going. I'm going to 
poop real quick, but keep going. Okay. Uh, number two, I think I would, oh, number two. Jeff's doing a number oh, two. That's, <laughs> wow. Serendipity. Yeah. Wow. That's I'm what makes him the best. The hundred grand bar. I love hundred the, grand. Yeah. The reason oh. I'm putting this in there is because this is not a candy bar that I buy outside, like outside of Halloween. Exactly. But yeah. if, I've, if I'm ever at a party or when I was trick-or-treating and there's like little mini hundred grands, I'm really excited because I'm like, oh, a hundred grand. I completely forgot this bar exists. Absolutely love it. Okay. Number four would be a Kit Kat. One of my favorite candy bars. Love getting them at Halloween. I don't know why. They probably should be higher than four, but I put them at four. Uh, number three, I've got Snickers. Also a favorite. I think you get everything you need when you bite into a Snickers bar. You're getting nougat. You're getting peanuts. You're getting caramel. You're getting chocolate. It's all wrapped into one. Love a Snickers mm. bar. Sure. Two, I also pick Twix. I love that you can, you know, just, again, you get like a really good treat with cookie and caramel. And number one's Reese's because it's my favorite candy. It's unbeatable. I just love a Reese's peanut butter cup. So those, yeah. are, those are my picks. You used number two twice. I did? Yeah, because remember you made the joke about me going number two oh, or yeah. number five. I meant number five. Whoops, but it was well timed. <laughs> the hundred, the hundred grand choice. I went to the bathroom yeah. just in case everyone's on wondering. <laughs> no, we uh, we could hear you. The <laughs> not really. <laughs> the hundred grand's a great pick. Thanks. I I should have done that. I almost picked those little black and orange like single wrapped candies. That they used mm. to give out. They were like peanut like butter flavor. Like the peanut butter flavor. Yeah, yeah. but I, I couldn't good. bring myself to do it. But that's an honorable mention. And I almost picked the little candy corn pumpkins too, but also an honorable mention. Okay, my list in descending order. And number six, uh, the, like the fat Tootsie Rolls. I know oh, yeah. Tootsie Rolls are kind of maligned, it turns out. I've asked a lot of people. They're pretty disappointed when they get Tootsie Rolls, it turns out. I love Tootsie Rolls, yeah, but especially that's like. On mine. They're the, bottom tier candy for me. The chunky ones. Okay. Uh, next right. is like the little pack of like you get four or five milk duds in them and you just pour the whole box in there. So yeah, good. Or, mm. Number four are the, like the little bite-sized Laffy Taffies, but specifically banana flavored. Plus you um, get a joke yeah. to go with them. You get Yeah, sometimes two. And they're both yeah. really good usually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Milky Way. Okay. A little boring, but I just I like Milky Way. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups is number two. And then my number one are the vanilla flavored little Tootsie Roll candies. That's like my favorite candy. The blue wrapper. Oh man. That's a great pick. I love those things. And it's like, when I was little, the only time I ever could find those was at Halloween. So your picks were better than mine. I should have thought more about this. I used I used to love getting the little mus- three musketeers too because I'd eat all the chocolate off of the center and then just eat the center. <laughs> those are so good. I like getting almond joys just because I never eat those any other time than Halloween. Yeah, that's like my hundred grand answer. Jeff, do you have a spooky animal fact for us? Sure do, dude. Thanks. Uh, all right, let me read it. That's what we want you to do. I thought I could go just from memory, but I got a little nervous. So we're going to talk about starfish eating habits. To consume a mussel or clam, starfish prize the shell open slightly, ejects its stomach from its mouth into the shell, digests the animal, 
then slides its stomach back into its own body. Wow. That's crazy. Holy cow. Yeah. That's some alien That's a pretty good shit. spooky one. Yeah, Why do they do spooky. that? Do you think, Jeff? Well, what they, I mean, they can't use their arms. They How are they going to get it out? Five of them. What are their arms good for, then? I think just latching on to stuff. All right. That's a good fact. Thanks, it Jeff. It is spooky. Yeah. All right. Should we do some listener questions? Do we have some spooky listener questions, Jeff? <laughs> we sure do. All right. I'm going to read them. Okay. All right. While holding up your um, massive shark head costume. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Benjamin, are mummy zombies? Ooh. Yeah, they kind of are, aren't they? I think all mummies are zombies, but obviously not right. all zombies are mummies. Yeah, zombies hmm. is a big circle. Yeah, that I'd doesn't say they are. seem right to me, but I can't, I couldn't give you a good reason why. Isn't there like a little bit of like magical mysticism going on with mummies? That's true, but because sometimes be mummies too. are like super hot and like yeah. completely like, he, like the Brendan Fraser mummies who I'm thinking of. He's like not a zombie. No, but I'm still going to say they're zombies. Okay. They're just magic zombies. TTT uh, <laughs> Tarantula. Is Mike afraid of the headless horseman or just the horse? No, that, I never was really very scared of that guy. Uh, the horse was pretty spooky, if I recall, like the animation. It's a spooky horse. Like the, didn't it have like glowing red eyes and stuff? Yeah. Like the Denver airport yeah. horse? Yeah, that was a yeah. spooky horse. So you just afraid of the horse? Yeah. <laughs> and then in the Tim Burton one, it has like nails pounded into its hooves and oh. stuff too that are just like sticking out. You ever think yeah. like the Get horse should be headless? No. I think the horseless. It's without the horse. Headman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> horse. I don't think that's it. I'm an effing lady, says corn mazes or haunted house? Haunted Corn house. maze. Haunted corn maze. Yeah, Ooh. that's the answer. That's wow. the answer. I do love a haunted uh, corn maze. Haunted, haunted houses can be more impressive for sure. Yeah. A really and good you haunted house Sprain your is ankle fun. and throw up and get <laughs> lost. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brunson Leah, or oh, that's so bad. Brunson Leah. Okay, I don't know. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, what would win in a cage fight, a rhino or a buffalo? This isn't a spooky one, but it's definitely a rhino. Rhino would? Yeah, without a doubt. Mm. Well, spooky to all those buffalo out there listening. Second biggest <laughs> land animal, like much bigger. It's definitely the rhino. I would put it, I would bet the house on it. You right. like your house too. Yeah, I love my house. But then you'd have two. Yep. You'd have two, two of his houses stacked on top of each other. <laughs> Zeta asks, What do you guys want etched on your tombstone? Jeff should be ice cream and cake is one dessert. Ooh. Well, then mine should be it's two desserts, shouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> we could just keep it going into death. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think I would just like want he loved animals or and people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe just sharks. Yeah, just mm. a drawing of a shark. Sounds great to me. And then people Save would the, be like, Did he get eaten by a shark? No one would know. I'll go I'll I'll zag on that. I'll just do the Nelson from Simpsons nuke the whales. Yeah. Jeff Larson <laughs> nuke the whales. my dates and then just nuke the whales. Sure. All right. I'll have the tablature for that 
a tiny little guitar lick in the middle of Weezer's song Buddy Holly when it's like that's what I want right. the, just the printed tablature etched onto the back of my gravestone or the front Love I don't that. care where it is I'm dead <laughs> doesn't matter um, I don't know. It it kind of seems like you might ask this next one. So next time. So if you want to just cancel this, you can, Wes. Okay. But Kittacles is asking, who's your favorite animal villain? No, I think that's okay. But we've answered this in another episode. Uh, did mine's we? Shere Khan. That was mine too. And you yeah. picked Scar, Jeff. Shoot. Uh, if you could be a monster, or this is from Ezeal9. Okay. If you could be a monster, what monster would you be? I could be a, I'd be a vampire, kind of for the same reasons we talked about last time. Oh uh, yeah. I just like I want to be able to like fly and live forever and be sexy. And you can't get the sun. Yeah, that's okay. I'll just like get one of those lights. I want to be Godzilla. <laughs> oh, that's a yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> just yeah. shoot radioactive. Was it like nuclear energy out of my mouth? I think that's yeah, what it is. I think it was like radiation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd pick one of like the elder deities from Lovecraftian Ooh, like lore. Lovecraft lore. Okay. Yeah. Like Cosmic Yeah. I'd like to be able to explore the cosmos a little bit. I think that'd be fun. All right. I got one more that uh, I think could be fun or could just get edited out. All but, right. Uh, Wolf Life. Wants to know who would be the most interesting person to see outed as a serial killer. Huh. For me, it would be like some prominent religious fi- like figurehead. Like a high up religious yeah. person. That would cause a lot of craziness, yeah. too. I think that or like a billionaire. Like Elon? Yeah. That one wouldn't be like that surprising. Either. Yeah. No, I was thinking someone like, that's like. People for sport or something. Like a massive, like a Bob Ross kind of person. Like someone that yeah. everyone thinks is like super nice. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Rogers or Tom Hanks, I guess, is kind of, he has that persona a little bit. Okay. I mean, for me, it'd probably be Wes. If Wes was a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be interesting. Who knows? You know? Would you keep doing the podcast with him? <laughs> like if only I knew you mean? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> It could you be gotta like keep a, that gravy like train rolling. Probably Dexter yeah. situation where you then like try and stop me, and then we end up like hooking up at some point. You would end up having to like kill me. Yeah, Mike, I did see. There's one of these questions we got that I wanted to ask you because I think Jeff. Sorry, I don't think you watched this show, but it was a great question. This was from Lafay88. I'm currently rewatching Buffy. What's your favorite episode, character, and Buffy boyfriend? Um, I'll go first. My favorite episode is the gentleman episode. I, f- I think it's called like, um, oh shoot, I forget what it's called, but there's no dialogue the entire time because the, the like big, the bad in that episode steals people's voices and they're really creepy and it's just like a really good episode and a really important plot point happens in that episode at the very end too. Buffy learns something about the guy that she's been dating. It's like the scariest episode I think. And it's just really well done. So that's probably my number one episode. And then my favorite character and Buffy boyfriend are the one and the same, Spike. Spike. It's got to be. Is it Hush? Is that? Yeah. The Gentleman. It is Hush. That's the name of the episode. So 
I'll pick a different one just because like we just picked all the same things. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed Once More with Feeling. I know it's kind of like a weird, it is cliche, no, but at the same time, that's just the entire, a, it's like a musical episode. The musical one. I thought that was yeah. so creative. Uh, and it was kind of like a closet theater kid when I was growing up. I just really you connected with musical it. every once in a while. I do. And then Spike, Spike's is... just the coolest character. So I can't even think of someone else I'd pick. This is a little off topic, but I just thought of it and I want to bring it really up. quick before you go off topic. Oh then. yeah. Go for it. Anyone out there that's considering watching that show, watch it. Like it is a top five show I'll for me. It. It's so good. Especially if you're into like it 90s nostalgia and stuff. Yeah. It's I just think it great. does. I love it. So I'd rewatch it. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, what do you, what's off topic? Just like for spooky shows, you know what show had a Halloween episode that just was like way scarier than it had any right to be? What? Boy Meets World. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know what episode I'm talking no, about? No, I never really watched Boy Meets oh, World. Oh, man. It's kind of like a slasher episode, but like one, they're all like locked in the school. Hmm. And that episode was like like really scared me as a kid you remember how in that show Corey's the main kid right yeah remember how he just would have like the no. dumbest little right. middling problems it would be like oh my mom didn't make my peanut butter and jelly sandwich right and his friend would be like oh my dad is like an alcoholic and he beats me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it would still be focused on like Corey and his problems and meanwhile it's just like there's this other kid who's just having the most real world shit happened to him all the time. Corey yeah. was a terrible friend. All right. Well, I think yeah. that's it. Well, you should watch that one. Episode. I will. I'll watch it. I'll see if it's spooky. Okay. I don't really think slashers are as scary as you do though, but yeah, but it's got like some elements to it. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for our first toothy tales episode. Uh, thanks everyone for sending in those questions again. If you want to send in some more, it's tooth and claw mailbag at gmail.com. All right. I'll send one in. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. That's it. Love you. All right. Love you. See Bye. you guys.